Open fire. Now that I have your attention. Welcome to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Cool. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. This is Josiah. And uh, we got kind of a fun, uh, random extra episode coming in tonight. Um, this is my buddy. If you're watching via YouTube, if you're listening, obviously you'll hear him in a second. But if you're watching via YouTube, we have my buddy Ricardo Martinez uh, on today. And we met actually because of Star Wars Instagram, of all things. So uh, toy photography, once again, uh, is the bridge to so many cool relationships in my life. And uh so he's a friend and uh, actually reaching back into the past, which is crazy. This is like whoa, six years whoa, ago now. Whoa, whoa. Uh, we, were, we were planning on starting a Star Wars podcast all these years ago, like right at the launch of The Force Awakens. You remember that? Swamigos, dude. Yeah. Swamigos. Amigos unite. No, um, so, <laughs> dude, I should have. I have a hat somewhere that I got made. I oh, should have dug through oh, and tried to find it. Oh, dude, I would totally, I would love that. Like, we used to do, uh, so for the people that, like, you know, obviously don't know the end joke, like, it was uh, SW Amigos, and it was like, so Swamigos, you know, right. like, uh, yeah, it kind of, it, it was, so yeah, so Star Wars Amigos, and we just went with Swamigos, and it ended up, that's all we, like, we used to, like, spell the whole thing out, but then by the time it was all said and done, we just went with Swamigos. But um, right as yeah. we were trying to get everything rolling, um, I took on a new job and then you had some stuff come up. And so I think we yeah, both just I, got so busy. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm perpetually like kicking myself for not jumping on the, the podcast with you, dude. I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, gonna, no worries. Uh, we, we always have a great conversation. And I think like both of us were kind of just like, yo, like let's uh, like people like we, we used to call each other. I remember we used to call each other up and be like, dude, so I got this figure on this night of like the Rogue One toy, you know, fair. Like, did you get anything at Toys R Us? Yeah, I think, you know, and we would like call each other. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've always been like the nicest dude I've, I've met online. Um, and, and uh, you know, at that time I was like, man, we should just record it, you know, because there's so many, uh, we had so many good conversations. So I, I just was like, yeah. And I think yeah. you were thinking too. You, you, maybe you was your idea, actually. It might've been. Um, I don't remember. I think one of the reasons that, uh, I guess one of the reasons it was kind of from both of us, but it was cool because one of the reasons we were so interested is because uh, you and your wife had come across and were big fans of Blast Points podcast. And oh, man. Uh, Jason. yeah, Jason. they're they're the best. And you kept telling me, hey, you've got to listen to these guys. You got to listen to these guys. And uh, I just remember being like, OK, cool. And so at my old job, I used to have to drive downtown like three or four times a week, which is about a 30, 40 minute drive. So. I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And uh, it's one of those things that like a lot of the stuff, I mean, pretty much anything that Jason and Gabe put out is great, but then they also have like some of these peak episodes that like you'll go back and re-listen to, you know? And so the first episode I actually ever listened to was fun in the twin sons, which was them talking about uh, the twin sons episode of rebels, where you see Kenobi and Maul uh, facing off oh. for the last time. And so oh. That was yeah. such a, and that's such a great episode. Like even in the grand scheme of the 300 episodes that they've done, that was I mean, like that, one of my favorites. That's probably one of the, best. like, it's hard to say that there's like a best Star Wars Rebels episode, but that one is pretty epic, man. I mean, yeah. 
and, and it's so crazy because if you watch that episode like by itself it's almost like like i know a lot of people who haven't like wa watched that and haven't like followed the storyline up until that moment they're like oh it's it's pretty cool and like i try to explain to people like you know if you like it's, it's really feloni like building to that episode over like almost three seasons yeah uh, totally that one episode like you, if you take it out of context of all the rest of the seasons it's like okay or good episode but when you see it with all the built-in you know like all the different story elements kind of finally building that it's just like it, it's devastatingly good you know like it's mm -hmm. totally like but it's also like uh that fight scene is so amazing and iconic and like dead on the spot samurai that like right. it's like you know like when he when he gets in the stance, I just get chills, man. Like I still, it's I'm so still good. It's so good because it's like, obviously nobody that is currently working with Lucasfilm probably has, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy and George are obviously super close, but like the person who probably captures how George feels Star Wars is Dave Filoni. Like that's just, he's almost like the, the son that was handed off the empire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. and so how he looks at like Westerns and samurai and storytelling and yeah. all of that is so it's so George that I remember watching the episode and being like, this is going to be a crazy knockdown drag out fight. And it was so quick. And in the moment I was thinking, what the heck was that? But it's crazy because it's actually one of those scenes that you go back and the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you think about where Kenobi is and where Maul is and like where they are with the relationship to the force and the universe and all these other things, it could not be played out more perfectly. And so it was really cool. So long story short, you could, you guys put me onto blast points. Um, we would always like trading figures back and forth. And I, I still remember whenever there was a comic shop, like not even close to you, but like semi close, uh, that was going out of business. So it was like some of these things that were expensive, they were just selling for store price. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, I think I got like, yeah. So my Instagram is a galaxy nearby. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we used to really be into toy photography and, um, you know, I still kind of double in toy photography. I've just gotten, uh, like busy with my, my regular job, but like at the time, uh, I used to pull these, like, I was, I was like, you know, when I do something, when I get into like a hobby, I go like kind of crazy on it. And I, <laughs> and I, I right. kind of put my ball. And, and at that time I was into like really finding, uh, collecting Star Wars figures and, and collectibles that were like uh, really important and, and uh, hard to find. And yeah, there was this Clone Wars sale at Fat Collectibles. And I remember I got like, I must've got like all of their, oh my God, the purple, uh, the Mace Windu Battalion. What is it? It's not the five. Is it the, like the, the 187th, I want to say? The 187th, that's right. The 187th. Um, and, and I got like so many stacks and stacks of those. I got them loose and I got the 501st. Uh, I got like, I mean, it was just like, I think I built out part of my army. I didn't get this uh, Clone, Clone Wars tank there, uh, but I got, I mean, you know, so many parts of my army. And I was, I, I remember they like, that, that was just part of it. Like I'd go on like Facebook and uh, yeah. And I remember, I think I told you this once too. I, I ended up meeting some lady that was selling off her like ex-husband or I forget exactly the whole story, but she was just basically selling off this collection. Mm -hmm. her, and, and she like, like, it was like totally the thing where I was like uh, buying uh, something off a of Craig, no, off of Facebook marketplace. And it was just like piles of uh, Clone Wars figures. And it was like, 
the shadow troopers. I remember I had nothing but shadow troopers and nothing but like, you know, like, yeah, um, it, was, it was a great um, era. But yeah, I used to call you with like, oh, dude, I'm I'm getting, you know, this entire collection right now that I just randomly found. And, uh, you know, what do you think about this, you know, shadow squadron V wing or something? And, <laughs> yeah, know, like I, I remember I remember it used to be like there you would be so excited whenever the galaxy nearby mail calls were coming in because you would find stuff on these great deals. And then because we were friends, it was like, Hey, cover the shipping and the, just, just the cost, just reimburse me for what I spent. Like you're not trying to even make a buck on it. And so we would take the packages, like when we would uh, send stuff back and forth, we would take the packages and like, let's say a legacy collection uh, that has like a little bit of a bubble, more space than what we have in figures now. And we would just take the, oh. the plastic filler out and just shove like seven figures in oh, that bubble yeah. and be like, this fits. Cause we were, everything was loose. Like who cared about a carded figure? Oh, and God, now yeah. like, now I care more, like, even if I'm going to open it, I like to just keep the card. Cause I like having the artwork, you know what I mean? But at the time it was like, we're going to throw away the package anyway. So we were just cramming like 10 figures into one bubble and just sending it in the mail in a, in a bubble uh, mailer. And uh Dude, oh good God. times. But so that was where we birthed the, the the podcast idea was Last Points does it. We're having these organic conversations. We're having these these thoughts of like what's next, predicting what's next, what's a what would be the best what, figure that you could make from this show or things like that. Yeah, like what were the new the new figures that were gonna come out? I remember we were like really thinking about that. That was a great um, you know, because like Hasbro um had like different, you know, lines that they were gonna release and we were I, I you know, I have um an incredible knowledge now of star wars collectibles and and you know like vintage collectibles as well and, and it was just like yeah like this stuff um i remember i was so i mean the sculpture i mean it, it yeah it, it, i'm getting all those feels back from the toy days um and, and and you know the thing that i like loved about the toy photography honestly was that i felt like um i got like a huge uh, like i'm a film school nerd like you know at heart like i still you know went to film school and all that stuff and then and I was working in TV, but I wanted to like, you know, do something like creatively, like I, and I loved Star Wars and I wanted to take pictures, um, like I wanted to make something, you know, and right. uh, that brought me back to my photography skills is what I'm trying to say is that that Instagram account really helped me like focus on like uh, photography skills, lighting and, and also miniature work. Like it's so crazy because toy photography basically is like is like teaching you how to shoot miniatures because they're so mm -hmm. tiny. Um, and, and all that stuff, I'm like super, it, it's like super useful now, like, you know, just thinking about scale and how to, how to photograph something that so it doesn't look tiny, so it's in focus, you know, like all right. these things are super like useful as a filmmaker, artist, photographer, like it's, it was cool, you know, like it was fun. Like, and it was I, really, I, it was really cool too, because I think that you were one of the guys that was helping me learn, like, um, like for instance, Hey, a picture of a new figure you got just up against a white background is cool, but what if you have this guy in focus and then just grab a random figure? Doesn't matter what it is, as long as it like obviously if you're on, you know, whatever planet, try to have it fit whatever. But have something going in the background that gives it that depth of field. That that's what makes it a story. It's not just a picture. Now there's something. Well, what's happening over here that's blurry? You know what I mean? Maybe the character you actually want to focus on is the bounty hunter who's blurry behind the character who's in your in your focus you know and so uh i thought that was really cool and it turns out like i was talking to my buddy i just took like well as of it's friday night late uh 
as of earlier Friday, I put out our finale review for the book of Boba Fett. And, um, but going back to episodes five and six of book of Boba, where the Mandalorian kind of took over, I think some of the, obviously the Mandalorian is all of the silent killer character that Boba Fett was meant to be before they knew they were bringing back Boba for live action. So that's why he gets some of that cool, like John Wayne feel to him. But, um, one of the reasons that those Mandalorian episodes stood out, I think, is because of the t- places that they were taking the Mandalorian, you could have more of a depth of feel that made it feel more like a real experience versus there's only so much you can do on a Mos Espa street where everything's the same color and you can't really tell how big the street is. So like the meat market and like even a hanger on Tatooine, but it's a it's a different feel, gives it that depth and uh you know, you're well, one of those guys that helped me gain that, tell a story with the picture, not just, you know, if you, if you want to just show something you got, that's cool. That's cool. But if it's like, if you want to tell a story with a picture, ask yourself, what would be natural for this environment? Don't put everything so close together. It's okay to, to clear out the kitchen table and have a figure four feet away. You know, if, if that helps you tell the story of the picture. So that was really cool. Man, I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm, uh, was, what's the word? I'm bad at taking compliments. So, <laughs> I, but I appreciate like, man, I, I feel like, you know, I learned from you too. And, and, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad I, if, I didn't know I taught you anything, you know, besides like, uh, uh, you know, bad jokes and things like that, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> that, like, <laughs> dude, easy there. Easy. Uh, no, but, but like, you know, in, in general, like, yeah, man, I learned a lot at that time. I'm glad that we had all the relationships. I know, like, uh, you know, we, we had, we met so many different people. Um, and one of the things, oh, I was going to say, because you brought up Mandalorian was like, you know, the whole idea of putting a, an LED wall or a screen behind you is directly from toy photography for me. Uh, right. Before Mandalorian was even like there, there was, uh, you know, work more or less the nicest guy, you know, yeah, ever. like and, look, uh, literally on my, on my little podcast station that I built at the house. I got a pin. Yeah. Kind of hard yeah, to put yeah. into focus, but yeah, I, I actually got to meet the, the digi backdrop, right? Yeah. He, he was the one that was doing, um, I mean, he, he kind of coined the term, the digirama where you yeah. have like you build cardboard or whatever he was doing it with a, with a TV or with an iPad or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I, I'm like, I'm partially like curious, like, you know, did John Favreau, I mean, it's not John Favreau. It, I mean, it's, 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 it's actually an ancient, uh, not ancient, it's a super old film technique to put like rear projection basically, but like, um, but yeah, man, I mean, the uh, work more or less is work uh, is basically like, you know, a still version of virtual production and, uh, you know, like w- which they end up using on Mandalorian and, and yeah. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, if it wasn't for what doing that, doing that toy photography stuff and like being involved in that culture and like doing all this stuff, I would have not used it myself or learned about it or you know or or thought of it as a technique when i made my short and and so that that's you know we're all talking about this this toy photography thing for a while sorry if uh, you know this is boring no no me, all good all good foundation, this was foundational for me like as a filmmaker you know and as a creative dude like it's so weird to like 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 essentially like i loved making taking photography uh for the instagram and my wife actually took a lot of the good pictures it's funny to you know, I'm taking the credit for some of this stuff, but I mean, I bet like the, the photos that have like the thousand likes and what have you, a lot of them are the ones that my wife took. Um, uh, because I, and I learned from, from her also like, uh, how Instagram works, but I think that, um, uh, you know, all this stuff was foundation for being creative. I was, I, it's funny how my journey kind of got me to realizing that I wanted to make more films, you know, yeah. that's what I'm trying to get to is that like me taking photos and, and toys and really just appreciating design. Cause I, I didn't just do star Wars, you know, 
um, right. appreciating design. And after like a year or two of doing the Instagram uh, toy account, like uh, I realized like, man, I just want to make like f- short films again. Like I want to direct and draw and do all these things. And so that's what's taken me out of that world a little bit. But hopefully, you know, I'm back there as much as I can. Um, you know, I definitely still follow those accounts. And Skeleton Astronaut, for instance, is another um, uh, toy account that I met. And he's your friend too, Brandon. Brandon Agri yeah. is a super talented graphic designer. And he's actually did my my cover. Um, you know, like I'm super joy. Like I, I still talk to him a lot too. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of artists that are, you know, in there that are um, on Instagram doing taking photos of toys. Or now it's right. uh, you know, not just that it's, uh, um, you know, TikTok videos too. So anyway, but that's, that's kind of like where. Yeah. So that's kind of like our background. Always- so it's kind of cool. It's a, it's almost like a Swamigos takeover for the Chess Ascendancy tonight. So it's, it's kind of fun to go back and like reminisce and see, like, obviously still, the creativity is still there, you know? Um, so it was cool, yeah. but it was interesting because the, it's funny that whenever I saw the Kenobi trailer, some of my first thoughts were like, uh, and I made a joke about this when I did the recap for the trailer, uh, I paused it right at the first like three seconds. And I was like, all right, folks, if you don't have a uh, three and three quarter inch EOP, now is the time before eBay uh, skyrockets oh, up. And it's funny because it happened like they were selling for 20 bucks or whatever. And then I just went and followed like I have one. So I didn't want to buy another one, but I went and followed just to see where the prices were going. And oh, wow. it's like 60 bucks for a plastic EOP that Obi-Wan can ride. Um, oh, or, or like or like Lego Lego Inquisitors from the Rebels line when nobody liked Rebels, quote unquote. And now that's like some of the fan favorite content. Um, the Inquisitor Lego minifigures, sadly, I don't have any of those, but they were like 20 bucks the day before on Bricklink or whatever you could get. So for 40 bucks plus shipping, you could have both of those, which are cool, very different looking characters, you know? And then now it's like $150 minimum per minifigure for those characters. Um <laughs> because because of the power of exposure for your account via toy photography like there are people out there who are spending that coin to just own it but a lot of people are doing that because that helps them build their platform so it's it's crazy how like toy photography and a lot like tiktoks and stuff like that like you're talking about has really grown like when we first started doing stuff like that back in like 2015 it, it wasn't big like it is now that's totally true yeah Wow. I, I didn't even think about, dude, when we started, you know, Instagram, uh, there wasn't like a booth for toy. For, what was toy photography? I mean, it's like, like what, there was no, it felt there, like a niche. There was, is, I mean, it's, it, it is a niche, but it's also like, there was no acknowledgement of the niche. It was like, it's like a niche within the niche. And, and yeah, I mean, like it was really rad though. And then Hasbro, I remember at San Diego comic-con, the Hasbro booth had like these toy photography exhibits, you know, and, and it was like the first acknowledgement of this is like an art form. And, I mean, it's miniatures. It's like photo, ph- photographing miniatures. Yeah. I, I would, I, I would hire, you know, um, actually the stop motion people. I, I was in a stop motion group and I was in a virtual production group on Facebook, and um, I showed them some like virtual, pro- like digi backdrops that we did in toy design. Like I showed them toy photos, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, like you don't need to build like a grass valley behind a, uh, something that's this big. Like right. you know, you, and, and like or you, you could just put a, a computer screen behind it and mm-hmm. boom, you know, you know, and, and that it gives you light, you know, it does the same thing that they're doing on the Mandalorian, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Like, it was, yeah. It's like the, for toy photography, it's like, okay, you know, I can't, I don't have the budget to be on like a 75 day cruise to all these locations to get these pictures of these toys. How do I recreate that with practical effects from like a hobby lobby? And if I don't have the time to do that, 
how do I, yeah. you know, what do I do? So yeah. you're figuring out like you go bit, you go get a six by six faux grass at Hobby Lobby. And when the you, focus you is on dishwasher tray, you get a dishwasher yeah, tray. Exactly. It, like, it looks like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like you go get a clear, like foot by foot, and then you go get electrical tape and you tape lines on it. Then you put a, a baker sheet yep. over that and you're walking in a Star Destroyer hallway. Like, dude, well, that's then that's also when you realize that like half the stuff in Star Wars is basically the, the dishwasher trays anyway. Like, you're exactly. like, like, you're like, oh my God, like, like when you see, oh man, I was trying to think the other day, but like half the stuff in Star Wars anyway is from a tart, you know, is from like uh, the 99 cent store and then they just yeah. painted it upside down and you know like, and that's and, uh, and that's the genius of ben burt too because he was like okay i need a crazy sound what if i yeah. put my electric shaver in a salad bowl you know, it's yeah. like those are the things nobody else is thinking of but that's what was makes it, it so Christian. iconic well there was it roger christian there was the art director that basically like you know he makes the you know the reason why the lightsaber is the, the reason why a lightsaber is a flash from a camera you know, like the, the Luke Skywalker flat, the Luke Skywalker lightsaber is literally, I'm sure all you guys know, the Graflex, you know, it's, it's a, it's an old camera flash that mm. you just, and, and, and the reason why those lightsaber is that, and he, all he does is put a few T strips, but it's literally the same thing. You know, you take up one thing off and it's right. there, but it's because they didn't have money. They have budget. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go make a thing. I'm going to go to the trash. I'm going to go to a camera parts store and right. get the trash. So, it's all found objects repurposing and that's like yeah i loved all that stuff learning about it um i loved you know and, and instagram totally got me there uh, you know i already already was a junkie from the 80s but like you know uh, you know star wars ilm junkie of like following practical effects but then this just like re rekindled everything for me and, I, and i'm i'm really thankful that like i met guys like you and you know and and and, and that i had that journey through uh you know through that world because it's like man and then, i mean artists there's like you know like daz tibbles there's like animators all these people within the star wars community that i've like been so lucky and as for toys like back to you know the, the jedi and stuff I, I didn't learn anything i didn't know anything about the expanded universe until i started collecting the toys right and then i realized like you know there's just something amazing uh it's not in a lot of uh maybe not right now a lot of uh, tv shows or movies star wars but like the ghost vader you know mm -hmm. like like this idea of like Vader coming back as a ghost and trying to do something good and helping Leia. I mean, all that stuff is like, wow, you know, like, but it was yeah. only in a toy. I saw it as a toy in toy photography. So I'm like, why isn't this a story? That was the other thing about the toy photography is that me and you were trying to create stories, you know, like, what right. if, you know, what if the bounty hunter was related to, um, oh my God, what's the two guys, the two lizards? The, uh, there's the, uh, Bosk is related to Bosk uh, and, uh, Herchik, Herchik Richard Cathos. What if they were friends? They're both lizards, you know. Yeah. Like, 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 what if, like, what, if yeah. what if Herchik is like the Steve Urkel to Bosk's, you know, Carl? <laughs> like, what if he's the annoying, shorter? Like, I don't know. I just in my mind, he's more like a whinier Trandoshan. And that <laughs> what was. If they're like, what if they're like Thelma and Louise, and they just get, you know, like they drink all that blue milk and go out for a joyride? <laughs> right. <know>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly like, like yeah and, and the only way you're going to do it is by you know if me and you were sitting here at our homes we don't have a giant suit you know we don't have actors uh so we're going to get these little toys and you know what's the craziest thing is that's what robert rodriguez does you know like he's getting these little toys moving them around and to, to show people what the episode for book of boba fett's going to be like he right. makes these like, you know if you watch the making of boba fett stuff robert rodriguez runs you know has to show what the scenes are going to look like and a lot of times he's grabbing little toys and and actually that's what 
Steven Spielberg does with like car chases. I mean, we're all like, they're playing with toys like us. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's where all, um, but yeah, back to your, to the, okay. So the Obi-Wan trailer, like the Obi-Wan <laughs> exactly. Trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the Obi-Wan trailer, man. Yeah. When I first started, I was like, um, definitely, uh, I think I said this before, but it, you know, when, when Obi comes back on, I'm like, man, if, if you think Obi-Wan Kenobi is cute, you know, uh, this show is going to make him look like a beautiful man, you know, like, yeah, like, he's yeah. like, 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 I don't know about, but you know, the other thing I was thinking about was like, man, since the last time he filmed, you know, uh, the prequels, Obi-Wan has really become, <laughs> he's become a Buddhist Michael motorcycle rider, you know, like, like yeah, like, yeah. Like wandering motorcycle traveler who believes in Buddhism, you know, and like, you know, or, you know, Zen, I mean, he's got these altruistic religious beliefs and stuff, but it's just like, yeah, like, the dude is a wandering samurai already, you know? Like right, yeah. Like, like some of the most like, amazing things you can watch with Ewan just outside of like fictional film is like his stuff with, with his buddy Charlie where they're just like, like hey, what if down, like, yeah, motorcycle. Was, was it right after, was it right after Revenge of the Sith? The first one was right after Revenge of the Sith, I think. Yeah. And they went around, like they drive, they, they get these, they do the test run of, do we want a Honda? Do we want a BMW? Do we want, you know, what kind of motorcycle is going to, is going to last this trip? And they go from London literally around the entire world. And the only time that they don't drive is they have to take a flight from New York back to London, but literally they're driving from, you know, across yeah. Mongolia, like no roads, no nothing. And then they yeah. went from like, I think they went from the top like, of Africa like the- to the bottom of Africa. Like the dude, like in the space of filming now, between now and like Revenge of the Sith, and I'm not discounting that the guy probably lived like a super wild life. I mean, this is the same actor that like is, I mean, really great actor, uh, you know, obviously so many different performances, but this is the same dude from Train Spotting, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking was like, I was like watching the, 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 the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer and I'm like, like this is the same dude who like gave us this crazy tour de force performance, like in train spotting, you know, right. Like, spotting the Obi-Wan and, and, and he's just like become more and more Obi-Wan as time goes on, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I think he's like I become mean, that character basically. I mean, he's definitely got like, yeah, he, there's definitely differences. I mean, he, the dude is an actor. So like, he's a fantastic actor and he can do anything. Um, I don't doubt you, you know, like, I, I, I'm sure he's going to deliver. Also, like, I have to be frank. So when you were talking before about Filoni understanding um, Star Wars, um, one thing I noticed also when I watched the Obi-Wan trailer was like, you know, never doubt Deborah Chow, man. No, you know? not, not, a, not for a second. She has some of the best Mandalorian episodes besides Rick from you know, you, I mean, from from you Oh my God. I hope I said it right. Cause I love <laughs> the episodes and his work. Um, yeah, dude, the guy, um, I mean, both of them, but Deborah Chow's episodes were amazing as well. And, uh, you know, she heard the, she has the one where he rescues the child, right? If I'm not. Yeah, the, uh, the sin, I think is the title of it. It's the third episode yeah. of season one. Yeah, when he rescues the child, I mean, that's like so many things going on. It, you know, it's dark. It's, you know, it's a little bit born identity. It's a little, you know, it's like, a little yeah, bit, um, he's got like, uh, you know, she had the episode where she had to explain with pictures that baby Yoda was getting his, his bone marrow extracted, you know? Like, like, you know? Right. Like, how do you, yeah, you don't want to take it to too dark of a place because kids are going to be watching this baby Yoda, but how do you, you know, how can my kid watch it? But then me as the adult in the room go, Oh my God, they're torturing this poor child. Like, I mean, I mean, and she delivers on it. 
oh my god she delivers i mean it's just uh it's a smart it's a fast it's, it's i mean there's and so like great- how there do you, you she also pleasure. pumps in mandalorian lore of like how the children of the watch have been operating in silence oh, yeah. for all these years and like for us for a mandalorian and boba fett super fan like me it's like you know how many of us have been watching you know or reading comics, books, and all of things. And it's like, okay, so you're the first person who's doing a big on-screen Mandalorian, you know, shootout. Mm-hmm. Don't screw it up. And she totally doesn't. Like 30 or 40 yeah. Mandalorians coming in with the jetpacks. It's the first time we got to see. I remember when we were doing uh review episodes, me and my brother for the first season, uh, Samuel told me, he goes, man, all I want from this season, he was like, I want a good story. He's like, the little practical effect that I want is I want to see a heads up display view of a Mandalorian helmet. I just want to see what it looks like. And literally like one of the opening scenes from chapter three was it's Mando's heads up display. And I called him and he was like, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it too. And so it was cool. She's just, she delivered and it's like, it's almost, and I think this will, this will be great in Obi-Wan is I think she delivers without like, it doesn't have to be everything explained via dialogue. Like so she's such a great visual storyteller as well as writer. So I think that's really going to help in the Obi-Wan series. I mean, the Mandalorian season is like, a, you know, everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of the most popular. I'm sure when I talk about it, everybody's already, you know, but, but I, I think the, the weird was what really like threw me for like, you know, a loop loving it. You know, like I, I was loving the, I, I never realized that I would want that I would watch an episode with the Mandalorian where like Jawas are praying to the egg, you know, and, they, and like they're right. like Cadbury egg, you know, and, and I thought that was just uh, amazing. All of it, um, you know, I, I love it all, man. I, I love it, especially when it gets weird. Like in the Obi-Wan trailer, back again to the Obi-Wan trailer, I think it's like the second or third shot and there's the dude with the giant, the giant like, you know, monkey proboscis like nose, you know, like sitting right behind him in this like yeah. trailer coming along which is like and i love that like in that in that shot like everybody is just like generally like generally depressed or grim on everyone looks so freaking like, miserable on that train dude everyone looks <laughs> it's like oh god i'm going on my way to work you know like like, it's <laughs> like and, and, and you know and, and there's something so good about that like because it's just like okay now I, now you got me like, like yeah like, now i believe you you know because i'm not going to work like yeah i'm in yeah. Snow. like yeah i'm going to work like okay you know like, like, yeah, it's funny because it's like you know, know like, go, go, you know go. obi-wan's going through it like you know he's not in a good way because of the emotional and spiritual distress he's in but it's like they look just as depressed and irritated <laughs> as he is and like he's gonna do some heavy crap and they're literally just like freaking monday again god they look so <laughs> miserable it's the subway it's like it, it, that's what i got i was yeah. like i was like yeah like whoever wrote this or took a shot is like definitely been on a subway before you know mm-hmm. like like nobody's like you know we, we a lot of us like our jobs like i like my job too but when i'm on the subway i'm just like okay okay you know i'm getting my coffee in my system getting ready to get going i'm gonna get there i'm gonna be good you know but it's like um or maybe it's coming home you know get tired maybe that i don't know man there's a lot of sand out there you know so maybe oh my gosh I, you know, the one thing I don't get is like, how come they're not sweaty? Like, you know, like, like, like I'm always like, man, if I was out in there, I'd be the sweatiest Jedi you ever oh, saw. Oh, hundred percent. I would take off that helmet and I'd just like just shake it for a second. You know? Well, that's like, what like, they were saying is like when they were filming in Tunisia for A New Hope, they were saying that they got like either like active or ex-Marines to do the sand trooper bits because mm-hmm. they had the most, you know, armor and all sort of stuff on that was adding to the heat. 
And they were saying mm-hmm. it was miserable for however many days they were there because the guys would take their helmets off between shots. And like you were saying, just drenched in sweat. But yeah, um, yeah but the Kenobi trailer. Sorry, I, I thought it was amazing. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're good. Uh, um, I was just thinking I, that same thing. Like I would be drenched in sweat. Um, I'm just going to maybe I can get this guy to sit with me for a little bit here. <laughs> um, this guy. Anytime I see these guys running around, I don't think he's in the, in the Kenobi trailer, but I think it was in the oh, not going to work. Um, but I think he was in the when he was in the Mandalorian, I loved it. And in Book of Boba, um, I think that, um, yeah, the Mandal- I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of already knew that it was going to be good. You know, the Obi-Wan, um, you know, bringing back the Inquisitors. I love the Inquisitors storylines from the uh, Rebels. Um, you know, I, it took me a minute to, to, to kind of get that it was like the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe, you know, I, I think. Uh, uh, man, when that when that lightsaber spins around that circle, dude, I'm just I'm all in. I, I mean, I'm I'm all into the, the characters, and you know, yeah, they look different than the car- the cartoon, but uh, uh, yeah, the cartoon is a cartoon. It's a very right. Uh, that's, that's something that I was I was talking to my buddy Caleb today about the the book of Boba, and then kind of getting into the the trailer a little bit with him before we really hit our gear. But it's interesting because. I like I was telling you, I was watching The Hobbit last week with my family, and uh, I just texted a couple of friends from high school that were in this chat, and I was like, hey, this is just a reminder, if you guys have any extra time, like, go go rewatch The Hobbit, so good, and uh, I have a friend who's a big Lord of the Rings fan, but not, did not like The Hobbit, and he's told <laughs> me, like, I can't watch it, it sucks, and I asked him, like, what was your thought? And one of the things he complains about is Lord of the Rings is all practical effects. And uh, like the costumes are just, you could tell there's a lot of time and effort and stuff put into the, the, the Urukai and stuff like that. And I was telling him, uh, I was like, that movie's pretty CG dude. Like that's some of the great, like the war. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to, well, that's the thing is like, I think, I think sometimes CG is so good that we don't realize it's even in play. I'm sorry. I was saying, I think it's, it's sometimes, we take for granted what's CG and what's not CG. Like, I think you could the same, okay. Like the same way that you could look at the Phantom Menace and everybody complained that there was so much CG and it's so, but there's mm. so many times that it's, that they're wrong, that it's miniatures, like all of oh, is a giant miniature. But beautiful. I was telling my buddy Caleb today about, for instance, like Cad Bane, I thought for however many people were mad that his mouth was higher than it should have been for the cartoon, the, mm. if they went with CG, right because there's no human that their mouth is right here like it is with the doros and in cartoon for all of the people who would rather it be cg so that it's more accurate to the cartoon i.e the inquisitor there's the other side of the coin where if they did that somebody would be mad that it wasn't practical enough of effects yeah so it's just it's to me it's like dude we're getting we're getting more immersive more connective star wars like if the grand inquisitor looks more like a regular head shape like it's not gonna i was telling them during the podcast today like why would you forfeit the benefit of getting new and great star wars because there was one thing that you wish they did differently you know what i mean oh i like it all man i mean the, the goofier the better <laughs> like you know like the weirder like yeah yeah the samurai, yeah, the samurai too yeah the you know I'm, i get loud sorry uh, yeah i like the samurai stuff and i like the you know the the wars the clone wars and you know i, I like all of it uh, but I also like the goofy and I think like, you know, the, the thing about Cad Bane that totally just locked in for me was like looking at that original picture from the cantina, like, you know, of the Duros in the cantina. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what he looks like. You know, he looks like right. the original, uh, they're going back to 
if people forget that Cat Bane is a Duros, which is, you know, uh, based on a character from a live action, you know, he's a animation based on a live action and they actually made him look a little different than the real masks that people were wearing. Right. And then when they did the Book of Boba Fett and brought back Cat Bane, they went back to those original masks. And, right. You know, and made them look like the masks from the Cantina Bar, which they actually were, I think, more accurate, you know, like like the people that did the costumes were doing a lot of diligence to be faithful to the characters. Yeah. Like it didn't look like the cartoon because the cartoon would look different from the original, you know, mass. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really I saw a funny meme where crap. it was like, uh, why can't they be true to the character make it look like Cad Bane? And somebody was like, Imagine if all the characters look like they're real, uh like <laughs> like the cartoon version, and it showed like the Tarkovsky uh uh dooku with like the beard that's like this oh, big yeah. and it yeah, was like yeah. you guys exactly. realize it's a it's a stylized cartoon version that, i mean of yeah. this character but but also like that's that goes back to like the whole like uh you know it's star wars it's an interpretation every time you know when it switches mediums you know the the the, the radio dramas that came out before had different voices for some characters um you know like i i i welcome the reimagining of Star Wars characters in, you know, Tarta uh, Gendy's version, which is, you know, totally different. Um, yeah, it's all just an evolution. It's all good. It looks great. Um, I, I didn't bump on any of that stuff. What I, what I was waiting for was just like, you know, just just give me more. And, and uh, you know, what what else, what more from the expanded universe can we dig into? You know, because like all that stuff is, is right. Great. Really well written stuff. I mean, the Dark Horse series. Um, Dark Horse comics have a lot of really great um, storylines that I uh, that I that I dig. Um, you know, I, I, man, in Book of Boba Fett when when that Black Wookiee came on screen, man, that got real serious for me. I was like, yeah. I was like, man, I think I love you right now, bro. <laughs> you know, like, 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 I think I think I just I don't care what he does, just give me more of it. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fight, you know, scream, bite, whatever you need to do. Um, I'll watch whatever happens on screen with that black wookie uh that was that was awesome um i love that i love the jokes when he rips the arms off of the the, the transition even though she tells him not to even though he looks like for a second he might not that was like a total yeah she, like a, she's like well you know what yeah john you, belushi you put, kinda, you put this guy down and we'll cancel your debt and he's thinking like that's worth it and just decides to rip the arm anyway yeah because um, he's a so that was great i mean um oh sorry Still trying to finish Obi-Wan trailer. So the, yeah, I mean, the Inquisitors look great. Um, I think um, there's an Inquisitor in there. I think I've seen only in the cartoons where it has like the appendages to her head that kind of mm -hmm. flies by real quick. That seems really cool. Um, I think uh, this new world that kind of looks a lot to me like um, it actually reminds me of those, the failed Star Wars TV show, the, the one that was, uh, you know, where it's supposed to take place in this, like the lower depths of Coruscant kind of thing. Oh was yeah. Called... Yeah. The 1313, I think. Yeah. 1313. Yeah. It, it reminded me that world reminded me a lot of the 1313 mm -hmm. stuff. Um, um, you know, the, the Coruscant kind of, but I mean, it's looking a little bit different. Um, the soundtrack I was trying to, uh, man, you know, that's the thing that really got me actually too, was the minute that that like duel to duel of the fates is it still the fates, right? When that, yeah. when that came in, when that keyed in, I was just like, that That was a great cue uh, to kind of build I thought on. it was uh, such a great cue. And at the same time, it was it did such a great job of, like, absolutely confusing me. Like, not in a sense of, like, what's this for? Like, I understand that. But it's so crazy how, like, as soon as I hear that, I think about, 
well, I guess I, I was wondering like, man, we're so far from Maul being on Tatooine. I don't, maybe they're not referencing that, but the cool thing about the music and that scene. And like, even if you go back and you like do research well, on when he was writing duel of the fates, like it's, it's a trans it's like a, he took, if you look at the lyrics, I was actually watching a video about this today. The lyrics are from like this old, like this old poem or something. And w John Williams said, the idea was it was almost like a ritual that was taking place. And it's the two sides of the force that are like battling back in this ritualistic thing. Yeah. It's and, not a mall thing. It's a, it's a Hayden versus it's, it's a Darth Vader versus it's a Anakin versus. Oh, 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 so I'm thinking of duel of the Revenge face. Of, uh, no, battle battle of the heroes. Duel. Battle of the heroes is the one you're talking battle about. Of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That that's what I'm thinking. Sorry. I called it to the fates now. No. I was going to be like, how could you do that? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, no. The, the song, with, it's the same song with Anakin and yeah. Obi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it, Dude, it's so, <laughs> like, I think it's so interesting. But even, like, that even kind of plays into the point I was even making of you hear Duel of the Fates whenever the, the if that's the first big musical cue, like, the, that okay. when it gets really loud. And then Battle of the Heroes also plays. And I was thinking, like, Battle of Heroes. Yeah. It's so crazy that he's going through like it's almost like he's replaying like everything that's happened to, to this moment. What could I? Because you know Obi Wan is the he's the thinker. Like Anakin's the one that just goes and does things. Like we're in the war and he's like, ah, oh, whatever. I was gonna make this plan. Obi Wan's the like, how can we do this better? Like he's the thinker. He's the negotiator. So like, mm -hmm. imagine someone who's more of a doer is probably quicker to forgive themselves because they're like, well, I did what I could do. But Obi-Wan, it's almost probably more torturous for him because he's the negotiator, because he's the thinker, and he's going back and playing chess against himself of since Naboo, like, what could I have done differently? Could I have done something differently to save Qui-Gon? If I save Qui-Gon, is Anakin's life different? Is the world different? Is the, it's just yeah, like, think, it's just a heavy concept, you know? I think, I think we're getting Liam. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, like, I, I would love to see a force ghost of Liam Neeson with the hair extensions oh man like, in a giant i feel robe, like i feel like, like that's who he's talking floating to in this end, you know like floating in the air i'm like man hopefully you know i don't know maybe, maybe not but who cares they they always surprise you like look mm -hmm. film is so good about like keeping everything on the lid uh, you know like and and uh, i like being surprised also i that's the other thing too is i think a lot of people compare the new streaming stuff to like what they can like they're like where are we going to see this thing that we saw in the movies and it's like well yeah you want the callbacks, but honestly, I want new. Like I, I right. want, the, like I want. You know, was it Kree's? You know, what are the other Mandalorian? Yeah, uh, Bo-Katan and all them with Bo-Katan. Like I, I want. You know, give me both. Like sure. You know, but I'm actually for like new characters. You know, like give them. Yeah. Like that's great too. Like uh, I, I like the Force wielders, but I'm also kind of into like personally um, understanding. Uh, you know what the average person is doing there you know mm -hmm. like what's what's that like for somebody that walks around with uh you know strange aliens and space space warriors and uh you know bounty hunters and i mean those are the cool guys yeah. too that's been the mandalorian stuff too because it was like you know a chance to kind of um you know dude i've always i've always wondered like what is it like for those people that are not that are, they're not able to make things fly across the room you right know? <laughs> like 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 Imagine if you're watching all these people doing the, all that stuff and trying to make a living and, you know, get water, you know? Oh, that's yeah. Edgerton. 
I mean, right? I mean, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen is amazing. I mean, she looked. That's what Deborah Chow said. I think in an interview, she said like, um, "I'm so glad that George casted Joel Edgerton." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, the guy is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, see, uh, we're gonna see him go. Uh, you know, now he's in his prime. You know, or he's, he's gotten older, more experienced as an actor. So, I mean, I can only imagine what he's gonna deliver. It looks like in the trailer, by the way, there's some feet swinging. And, and, you know, like I immediately got this reference of, you know, it's like the uh, public hangings, you know? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You know, and uh, so I'm like, and the, and the quizzers there, you know, and, and she's doing something. She's, she's, she's looking at everybody else kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I did that, you know, and that's what's going to happen to everybody else. And, and that, that whole vibe, I was like, wow, like this is going to be. Yeah. I think, I think it's like, uh, you know, before, or in an, in an average society, um, you can't just come in and put on a show and like make an example of somebody like things need to happen in silence. You know what I mean? But then you have this moment where it's like the empire's taken over. The inquisitors have di- direct direction from Vader who has direction from Palpatine wipe these guys out. And obviously if, you know, <clears throat> who knows if they're looking specifically for Obi-Wan, but you know, they're looking for someone on Tatooine. They, they obviously feel like they know something and it's so, it's just, it's such a dark feeling to look and be like, she can publicly just murder somebody and be like, so who's next? Unless I get this information, like there's, there's, uh, there's no tact about it. And that makes it even more terrifying is there doesn't have to be any like under the table dealing. She's just going to murder people until she gets what she wants. And I think yeah, that just the ups the, the stakes. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I keep, I no, no, you're good. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. yeah, no, I think that the, I, I think that that's going to be the, you know, the persecution of the Jedi. This is the time when the Jedi were hunted, you know, for being mm-hmm. them. And there's something like really deep there that like, I think we can all kind of like, um, yeah, you know, like understand, you know, like, okay, so uh, there's these people that are special and, and they have to hide. And, and, and that's basically what's happening is that's the dark times, right? It's like, yeah, uh, the thing I think is going to, the evolution that I expect from this season is to just kind of understand how uh obi-wan goes from you know this you know badass uh you know uh i don't know if that's a bad word uh (laughs) that this tough army general that's like right clone wars and you know you know cut through sith or bad guys uh you know uh that cut through all the bad guys and robots like butter and and you know witness the the terrors of order uh 66 um you know, and then, uh, you know, what I, I feel like the beginning of that show, if you look at the timeline, it, you know, Obi-Wan is a very active person, you know, like he's not reactive. He's actually, you know, he wants to, um, in a way, keep the universe safe, you know, mm-hmm, help keep mm-hmm. the universe safe. Um, and so that's the, the fight, right, is that he wants to keep the universe safe, but he has to stay here and protect Luke because he's the chosen one. Right. So the, the beginning of that show, it's. I'm sure that it's, there's the he starts out with the friction of wanting to to to, to make noise and, and cause change, but then um, you know by the end of that he's got to be the, the old hermit that we meet mm-hmm. in Star Wars, you know, like the one that that, that goes like hello there finally because and that old hermit is is a you know crotchety old man you know and he's kind of yeah. like and he's kind of like seems uh, much more distant from society than the guy that's mingling around with everyone, you know the, like yeah the implication is like what did he see that made him give up on everything. Yeah, like Obi-Wan from 77 wouldn't ride the train with everybody in a bad mood or he wouldn't be cutting meat in the market with everybody like 
when he walks into a place like I feel maybe there's tales about some guy that's been around that has power that we don't understand or whatever, but he doesn't have it in, in a new hope, the original star Wars, it doesn't seem like he has an established relationship with hardly anyone, you know, Owen knows who he is and tries to keep Luke away from him to keep him safe. But other than Owen and Baru, it seems like nobody knows who he is. And it's like mm-hmm. something, it, it, what's interesting is you go into the rise of Skywalker, for instance, right. And there are those of us who are like hardcore, like dark side, Kylo Ren, whatever it takes, Kylo's going to win. And, but we all oh, know well, going into, <laughs> going like I, I was saying beforehand, oh, they're wow. not going to do this, but how sick would it be if Palpatine and Kylo win? Like how sick would that be? It'd be so interesting, but we know star Wars is a greater good story. Like it's good. No matter how dark it gets, good will overcome evil. So we all knew hmm. good had to win at the end of episode nine. What's so interesting and foreboding about Obi-Wan Kenobi is it may be a tragic tale for five episodes that drives him away from society. Like, I think that opens the horizon for what it could be, because when you look at episode nine, we knew eventually good has to win by the end of the movie. Like, you can't be that panicked. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even if it cost Ray her life, which obviously there was a moment where it almost did, even if it costs you, Ray, even if it costs, you know, the ultimate sacrifice of some of our favorite characters, good will always overcome evil. That's one of the stories of the Star Wars saga with mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, because we have this far narrative that we know he's going to survive. I think that it may be a much darker, like sadder show than we realize. Um mm-hmm because it's gonna it's got to drive him to that that hopelessness you know what i mean like well that's what i was trying to get at was that like yeah yeah that's where he's gonna go from is like it's gonna be a a rough road to get to the guy you're talking about i mean maybe right like the 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 writers you know they they have they know what's gonna happen and they're gonna take us on a wild ride i can't wait but but uh the thing that i think yeah but i think that he's uh, we know what happens after the show you know and after the show he's this crotchety old man that doesn't want to talk to anybody that you know uh uncle Owen says oh that guy you know he's like you yeah. know he's like the food like don't talk to your crazy uncle anymore you know like like um to, to to luke and stuff and uh and he and he is he doesn't want to be around anybody so my my i mean if you ask me what i imagined i would say that he's seen a lot of really crazy stuff mm-hmm. and realizes that every time he gets involved in the world he's actually going to drive you know uh he's gonna cause pain you know mm-hmm. because isn't that the thing about the jedi is that when you know they don't want to be attached to anybody they they don't want to be attached to anybody because then that can cause what is it uh uh if, if, what is it, it leads to fear it leads to anger you know and that self-hatred all that right. stuff so so if you take the whole samurai thing you know together they're just a wandering nomad right like lone wolf and cub mm-hmm. uh great samurai story that john favreau and and george lucas and you know all these people loved um you know, uh, as well as Throne of Blood and all of these. If you if you watched it, have you watched any of those Kurosawa films? I mean, uh, Fortress. Uh, you know, or um, I mean, uh, there's there's Rashomon, but that's not really Star Wars. It's more a Hidden Fortress. Um, or Yojimbo. I mean, Yojimbo's amazing samurai story. Uh, and um, you know, the, usually what it is, is that it's the Mandalorian, right? And and uh is the mandalorian has the same story as yojimbo which by the way uh you know fistful of dollars and uh you know the good the bad the ugly these they follow similar tropes i mean I'm, i think fistful of dollars actually had to pay some kind of money to uh 
to Kurosawa for Yojimbo taking the plot. Oh, wow. Yojimbo, uh, exactly, because it's a samurai wanders in a little town. You know, uh, there's factions of the town that are trying to you know, pit. They're trying to hire this 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 obviously tough guy to kill the other to kill the other side. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, I can't believe you haven't seen Yojimbo. Yojimbo's great. No, the, I've seen like whenever the score I'm watching... is actually referenced in in Star Wars. Like the, the oh really. Yeah, the, the, you'll you'll hear like callbacks to the music because the music is mm. amazing. And yeah, it, like whenever I'm watching behind the scenes stuff, and I see like when I was watching behind the scenes for Two <clears throat> Sons, uh, and it showed you know the the changing of the stance and the little things like that 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 elevate. Mm. It shows you how how elevated Obi Wan is as a fighter at this point over Maul. I've seen some of the behind the scenes stuff, but I've never sat down and and, and watched those. But I'm super interested. I love to watch them. So. After we get off really, of here, dude, send me send me a list. I mean, well, it, it, yeah, and and, and he, they're really simple. Uh, well, they tell a story visually a lot too, you know, and, and just this idea that there's this guy that you know is wandering around, uh, is a nomad, doesn't really have a place to live, and you know he just wants to be left alone, you know, and 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 if you push him, he's an amazing samurai, you know, yeah. like and, it's and very looks- similar to um, the. Uh, did you did you like the uh, Star Wars Visions that they put out? Those anime. Love, love so um, the story love. that accompanied uh, one of them, the the novel that came out that was called Ronin. Oh yeah, um, yeah I read right. it. There were there were obviously there was things that it's a very it's a very like in your face, different kind of story than your average Star Wars story. Um, but it's heavy I, I on it. the Japanese influence and like. Um, I think the I think the the author is like they went and found uh, a young lady and it's I think she's Japanese and they were like, you know, bringing culture in like they wanted to make sure that like it's kind of like your your project with the Bloodstone where it's like hey these oh. are these are all like people I specifically chose for their knowledge in this area you know what I mean and and for their like uh, for for their life experiences or maybe experiences of their family members or things like that. And, and, and specific heritage is to pull on to, to enrich and make the story more authentic. They did yeah. that with this, with this young lady as well to write about the Ronin, which is very similar to what you're talking about, where it's like, guy comes in, it's him and his droid. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't want your freaking tea. But if you mm. push it, he's an amazing, you know, basically a samurai, but Mm. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's a pretty cool little bomb that gets dropped of who he is and like it's not it's not canon technically, mm-hmm. um, but the knowledge of who he ends up being is like mind blowing. And I would love oh, more well, stories also, like that. Well, and it's the story of like um, you know a man with uh, that 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 tells people he doesn't care about justice in the world and he doesn't care about everything else in the world, but you know, but by the end of the story he's forced to stand up for what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. that that idea of like you know and that's kind of what what's mandalorian is you know if you think about it is like you know mandalorian is this uh you know supposedly a, a cold-blooded killer a cold-blooded kidnapper and he doesn't care about anything except for making money until he does and mm-hmm. that actually that switches the very first episode they're they're literally you know before the whole thing even takes off and running with the story it's like Here's this guy that doesn't care, that only wants to make money, doesn't care about that stuff, doesn't care about anybody's rules that in their world. He only cares about his rules. Mm-hmm. By the end of the episode, his whole life is turned, you know, is turned upside down when he has to take, when he realizes he, he cares about protecting this child, you know? Right, um, right. 
and that's that's the beauty you know it's the dad mando dad show you know <laughs> like, right exactly like, and all those and yeah and i mean you know it's a crazy world we live in and when you're a dad you want to protect your kids so everybody yeah. watched that like yeah i get it you know dude it's yeah. a crazy world's world there's lizards and stuff and they want to eat them so um i'm sorry this is probably the lo- is this the longest inter- podcast no you've done? no i've we're, wait the one i recorded today was an hour and 10 minutes <laughs> okay. we're oh, yeah, so, we're we're at like maybe just around an hour so we're probably good um yeah i don't mean to talk everybody to death man i get like interested in talking about these things but uh yeah i i think the the show looks great i'm i'm excited um deborah chow can't can't you know she's gonna deliver something that's gonna be amazing i already know it um mm-hmm. and, uh, you know book of boba fett was was great there was uh, a couple one episode you know I, I one episode that really uh, I thought was uh, rad, and and I, I think there was a moment in episode two when a lizard runs runs into his nose, and yeah. he has a vision in the desert where he talks to a tree and picks out his st- his stick. And man, that is all me. That was when I was sold. I was like, yeah, you know, like like that was. was, was I was like, dude, this like, guy's doing Tuscan ayahuasca right now. Like he's having he's a soul experience. Like, I was like, I was like, is Boba going on a, a peyote trip right now? Right, right. And, he, and he's and ayahuasca, and he, or he's doing, you know. I was just like, oh my god, this is great. And then um, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, you know, that that was one of my, you know, there's some good, great stuff there. Of course, I'm a big fan of Mandalorian. I think, I think just in general, TV is a great spot for Star Wars. I mean, yeah, it, it should you be get obvious. To, you get to tell a longer, uh, more in depth story. I feel like you have more time to mess with. And Favreau gets it. I, 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 I mean, you talk about Floney. I think Floney's great. Obviously, there's a lot of really smart people there. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, and there's a lot of people like us that have grown up on Star Wars that are, you know, really smart. And um, and and I think, uh, I mean, there's another show that we haven't even that nobody's really even talked about with uh, about the Sith, the Ackley, You know. And, yeah, yeah. And and if you haven't seen Russian Doll, man, Russian Doll is an amazing show. Uh, you know, they got her to do that. They they, they got the same creative team to do the acolyte or acolyte i don't know how to pronounce it uh and i haven't heard anything about this show yeah me neither i'm like wow i i I don't even know what they're going to be doing but uh the one thing as the lando show and he hasn't said anything about that you know right and he just did the haunted mansion they just finished shooting on the haunted mansion movie so he's hilarious like if you Mm -hmm. ever talk to if you ever hear his podcast, Justin Simeon has a, has a podcast too. And he, uh, he's hilarious and he's deep in the Star Wars. Like, you know, he's, he's a lover. But you, uh, you want someone funny to do Lando because he's such a lovable, funny character, even sometimes at his own expense. You gotta have, that was the thing that was missing from the solo for me was like, actually like, and, and, you know, uh, uh, Glover is fantastic in every way, you know, like I, he, he definitely delivered whatever he needed to do. Uh, but for me, like, I felt like, yeah, like there was dude, like, if you get a real like comedy writer on a Lando show, it's going to be, you know, all that in the bag of chips. You know? mm-hmm. I, guess I think so too. I, yeah. Justin Simmons is a smart, uh, you know, creative dude. And, and uh, I've seen uh, his podcast is great. You haven't heard it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of great stuff. I mean, this is the thing is these people can hire anybody right now. I mean, right. you know, Disney Plus really has a chance, a choice of whoever they want. And everybody wants to work on Star Wars. I mean, you know, who doesn't? Right. Um, uh, maybe some people that don't want to get um you know the fans on you know following the twitter and coming sure, to their house sure. but but yeah they're gonna be there's some great people on there and um you know it's hard it's hard to do wrong you know there's a droid show by the yeah. way like, i was like well, hey something i heard that was really crazy i can't remember uh the company but there was a company 
that um, I guess they're like a, a symphony company or a music industry company um, that recently either was working with licenses or talking about tracks or releasing projects. Maybe it was like an infomercial on like upcoming, like almost like what Disney does with like uh, investor videos and stuff. And they talked about doing a full orchestra for an upcoming unnamed Star Wars yeah. cartoon show. And yeah. uh, the rumor is it's for Tales of the Jedi. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm Don't even get me started on Tales of the Jedi. We'd be here for another three hours with all XR Coon yeah. and all that stuff from all the, the million years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, the expanded universe has a lot of really interesting characters. Um, trying to think of the ones that I really gravitate towards. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I think that. I mean, the the thing is that you can reference the expanded universe and and then do whatever you want with it afterward. You know, like right. like, like I have yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff. It's I, I'm I'm big fan of Dangar. You know, like I loved. Uh, I always imagined that Solo before it came out. I was like, man, that'd be really cool if there was something about you know how uh, you know these were these guys were friends and like you know like like Dangar and Solo were friends and then they like you know they got into a car a giant uh, accident right it was an speeder right accident, and then D dengar is that's why this dengar is so disfigured and, and messed right. up you know from that and that's why he hates solo so much you know and like yeah this is like, I, like, I think it would have been really cool to see dengar in solo i thought it would have been cool if like uh yeah if if there was just like if you gave me like 15 more minutes and you're like okay joe what can you do to add to this story that mm lifelong fans will love and it's it doesn't take away take you out of the feel it would have been cool if whatever spider spider legs uh, uh darth maul yeah well that would be sick but like whatever like maybe the white worm gang is like hey well then you got to win us this money back at this big race you know what i mean like almost like a like a mm -hmm. tokyo drift type thing right and you get there and they're like yeah but you can't beat this guy over there and you look over and it's a young dengar and han solo uh, you know, wins, wins the race, but in typical Han Solo fashion, he leaves or something like that, where like, you just have a little Easter egg there, but it, it's, it would still contribute to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, but Hey, so give me one character. If you want to go back to some of your expanded universe, toy collecting, all that stuff. If you could see one character, that's a little bit out of left field during the Kenobi show that makes sense. Who would, if, if they called and they said, Hey, Rick, we just want one little Easter egg for the fans at home who are like a little bit of a deeper dive. Who's a character you would want to bring into the Kenobi show? Oh man. Um, I mean, honestly, it's not that deep, but like, I, I'm like, where's Forlom and Zuckus? Like, for, for, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they're like early on or something, maybe they're getting assembled, you know, who knows? I mean, that's like, yeah. that, that I, I think Forlom and Zuckus are the two characters that like are pretty well known, but yet we haven't seen them really be, you know killers yeah anything because the lore for them is that like that killers ig was already filled out right like i was just right. like dude i would love to see this like awesome like you know some justification to how crazy they are uh i mean those are those are not from the expanded universe though really that the, the storylines are from there but like mm -hmm. um if i was really to dive into characters um i mean man there's a lot i i think you know man i'd love to see some robots i'd love to see some super trooper action but that's already been done dark trooper action but that's already right. been done. um i mean a thrawn opening is there you know for sure um um you know mm. if they 
right? In that timeline, is he still? Oh yeah. You know, can he be alive? Yeah, I yeah. Think, so Thrawn <laughs> at this point in the timeline is um. Let me look. Do, 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 do. Thrawn. I think we're getting a lot of that in the Ahsoka show, dude. Honestly. Oh yeah. Think- well, Thrawn is going to be the Thanos oh. of the Mandoverse, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's what I think that's going to be in the Ahsoka show. Um, man, I mean they they really do a good job. They've covered so many people. Um, you know, I think even down to the uh, making the reference to the ice cream maker guy. Uh, but yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I'd love to see Cal Fast. I'd love to see. Um, you know, more Wookiee versus uh, more Wookiee action. That'd be great. Um, um, man, if I was going to put in Obi-Wan, I think a Zuckus and Forlom callback would be fun uh, where he has to, you know, uh, maybe they're, he barely gets gets away by the skin of his teeth kind of thing. You know, like like they're surprisingly lethal, you know? Cause, cause yeah, because like, they're kind of goofy looking. They're so goofy looking. But if they're surprisingly lethal, you know, just like, dude, yeah. IG-88 was surprising. It was totally goofy looking. He's, yeah. You know, he's got like, you know, bathroom parts on his body, you know, like, right. but, 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 you know, the Mandalorian saw like, okay, he's a robot. He can basically be Terminator, which is mm-hmm. basically what Forlom and Zuckus can be, right? Because Forlom and Zuckus are this like collective. It's weird because, so you know? for, uh, Zuckus is a Gand, which is an alien species, okay. but it's so weird that they designed him as a sentient, like biological character to look exactly like his counterpart who is completely robotic. It's just so like, well, no, maybe, but it works. Robot, but they, they, maybe the robot is meant to look like the Gand. Right. Maybe so. Like, like, like the, that's what I'm saying is there's a lot to play with there, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to think of another character that I'd really like to see. They have Ahsoka in there already from a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, she was like my, my number one character. Um, I really would love to see, you know, maybe a young Mace Windu, maybe bring back some, uh, uh, some, is, is, what's his name still alive? Um, from Rogue One. Um, oh my God, I can't believe, it's my birthday. You come here to kill me? You know, oh, like Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera is a great character. Saw Gerrera is still alive. Mace Windu, it'd be cool if like, yeah, if he was, if he had survived somehow, I know Samuel L. Jackson's like 3000% on board to come back. Um, whether well, he's, no. but you could yes. get him in a flashback yes, if you wanted. No, no, no. Like he, I, if he survived, that would be a huge reveal. Oh man, and I wish I had my custom. I, I made a custom survived. Remember, I had a custom. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a Mace Windu, because there's you know no body, no death, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, no body dead. He's not dead. Right. Uh, I think that if I saw him, um, you know, he he be he could be alive with like a robot hand, you know, mm-hmm. like and just like all gnarly with with like you know like like scars and and just. And just you know, totally be maybe that's Dude, what happened. That'd yeah, imagine so I was gonna say, imagine if you see Mace and he's just completely dismantled emotionally, and that's almost what like Mace is such a strong-willed guy. It would be so heartbreaking for Obi Wan to see this guy that everybody looked up to, and Mace is like, forget it. You know who cares anymore? With like a like, glass eye, that know, would be like, so heartbreaking, but like, so like, epic. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if he if he is a shell of himself, maybe he's a Sith. You know, oh like, my gosh, if Mace Windu, you know, these are just like spitballing, but what if Mace Windu is a Sith and he's all like repaired with metal and he's just like, you know, maybe he's so angry at getting Darth Vader that he's, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that doesn't make that much sense, but, but like, he's just so bitter and, 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 and crunchy, you know, but, but he could also just be, maybe he's alive and he's, and he's still good and maybe he's still on the good side and robotic and, you know, put together, but when he tries to help 
maybe the last thing he does to help Obi-Wan, you know, is to, to get off the planet Dai or mm-hmm. something. He gets like killed by the Inquisitor and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And that's the call to action that says like, to tell Obi-Wan at the end of season one, like, okay, you know, it, like I can't, I can't keep showing my face because every time good people are dying, like, mm. basically, you know, who's yeah, that who's would just be another time. level of heartbreak that just drives him off, you know? Yeah, I mean, all of that. Oh, that, that's uh, the the queen. Well, she's dead, right? In the Mandalorian Wars, the queen of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, Satine. Oh, I mean, that's what I want to see. Actually, I want to see that, like him remembering being in love. Yeah. You could do, and you could do some great, like, uh, some callback work. They've done great callback work with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, where it doesn't feel clunky. It feels like it's actually adding to the character. So you could totally do that, I think. Like, yeah, like, why not see him being in love with, you know, uh, Satine, you know, and, 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 you know, realizing he made a mistake. Yeah. And he should have, her and that he should have, you know, showed her that he loved her. And, and, and I mean, that's, sappy stuff but man you know i'm, I'm all but it adds it. to the character you know yeah i think he's there i think he is that person you know i think all of that is there you know so obviously i'll give, I you, watch- I'll give you uh two characters i would love to see and anyone who watches the show knows one of them i'm going to say right after that but these are two characters that i think um in the expanded universe survived order 66 one of them lives long enough that is mm. he's post a bunch of eras and he lives into the legacy era, but uh, a Jedi who probably knows how to survive because he knows how to bend the rules is Quinlan Voss. Oh, yeah, of course. Quinlan Voss, Quinlan Voss Dude, would be amazing. I just want to see those. I just want to see those, you know, see that get up again. Like, give right. me that guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, that, uh, that and a counterpart <laughs> to Quinlan Voss would be master Kukruk. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. That's uh, what do you hold? You're, you're holding like a jewel right there, bro. Dude, this that's is like, a gym right here. Like you, you open that. <laughs> this is literally, this is literally just on my the desk at all times. <laughs> but that, like, I think, 400? dude, oh. I think, uh, I think now this guy's like, I don't know, between two and 300, I guess. Oh man. Um, uh, I mean, those are if, two characters that we know. Sir, I mean, we know, so we know for a fact Quinlan Voss survived Order 66 because in the Vader comics, when the Emperor is showing him a list of people that they need to find, when you translate the Arobesh, Yoda, Obi Wan, and then Quinlan Voss is one of those names. Um, but in Legends, he's slippery. Uh, yeah. And in, in Legends, Kakrook lives long enough that he actually ends up being one of the Jedi that trains Cade Skywalker, who is Luke's great grandson. So uh, his species is super long lived, super slippery. In the in the Gindi Clone Wars, everybody thought that uh, that Grievous killed him and he ended up surviving. So maybe those are characters that, like, you know, if there is a reason he has to get off world. When the show was first announced, I was thinking, what are they going to do? Be on Tatooine for five years? But I think maybe the Inquisitors getting word of somebody being on Tatooine actually, it's safer for Luke for him to leave to pull the enemy away from Luke. Yeah. And yeah. and maybe that's where you can bring in some of these other characters that it wouldn't make sense for it wouldn't make sense for Voss to go back to Tatooine for Kukrook to go to Tatooine, but there could be some of these characters that he links up with or whatever. And maybe similar, to, why can't Voss go back to Tatooine? I'm just saying it wouldn't. It's it's uh, I'm saying like I think he would he would go somewhere else in, in my mind. Like he's uh, he would go somewhere. I guess his. Uh, Man, what is his species? 
I think have the daggum line. Anyways, they live in like a more like uh humid environment. Like I would think he would want to go somewhere more comfortable. I would be down with uh yeah. That'd be funny to see like Operensis somewhere, you know, like oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, like so I want to see some weird stuff, man. Like Roran Karov, you know. I, I, love, I guess he died in the Gendi Clone Wars, you know. Like, I want to see some some crazy looking alien Jedi's. I like the weird. Uh, I like the alien guys. I got to be. Oh yeah. Honest. But but also, I don't think I really need that. I mean, there's Jedi, I'm sure, but there's also like interesting characters, you know, throughout that we could go Lando. And, yeah, like know, I cool. would love to see um, a young even, Lando. Even people who aren't like necessarily named characters, like. My, I have a big question for Lucasfilm, which is, when are we finally going to get a Bothan on screen? <laughs> we've never seen a Bothan on screen before. We've name dropped him in Return of the Jedi, but we've never seen him on screen. So we'll see. Isn't the? I mean, well, I'm trying to. I'm going through the Jedi right now. I'm trying to think of Jedi that I might. If if I had to think about Jedi, that's the thing. You know, like, I, uh, you know, maybe this is the year that we get. Um, uh, you know. Uh, not Yarrow Peeth, not Sassy Tin. Sassy Tin could be cool. I don't know. There's a lot of like really cool, just just the way that they look. But I mean, like I said, they can they can go. There's so many different ways to go with it. Yeah. I think uh, they'll they'll be cool. It'd be cool to see some robots. Um, if I could see some more robot action, that'd be great for me. I know. Mm -hmm. Um, man, what if uh, there was some? I mean, you could. That'd be funny if Gre Grievous or something. You know, like somehow there's like something crazy. Yeah, yeah, like there's a grievous kind of thing where you know, like that he's still alive, or they're making more grievouses, you know. Yeah, he has to well, it's interesting because the fact grievous clones, yeah, because like know? he had all those extra parts and stuff in the Clone Wars. It'd be crazy if, yeah. like, if he came across just a mask oh. and freaked out. Um, but uh, that's a great segue actually before we sign off. So, something that's really cool, uh, about uh, Ricardo is you've heard him say before that he's, you know, was moving into trying to be extra creative in different areas. So, um, a, you did a star Wars short film, the Citadel scavenger, um, which is on YouTube. And if you'll text me link to that, I'll put some of those in the description. Um, Ooh, but secondly, something that just, this is like hot, literally hot off the press. Um, you've been working on a project called the bloodstone, which is an original comic that you authored um and so tell us a little bit about this comic um it's not star wars but there's definitely a star wars feel to some lore that's being told and things like that supernatural experiences so tell us about the bloodstone and uh where'd you get the idea and just without having to walk us through the storyline so that people will yeah. go and buy it to read it but uh kind of give us a little bit of a lowdown on what they're looking at if they if they're interested in this story yeah, the bloodstone is uh, it's it's basically like a, a myth, you know, like it's a, a magical stone that gives the power uh, of to that gives power to the weak and the innocent, and uh, you know, basically the um, there's a it's a story about um, well, so it's an anthology series, so we're going to tell different stories, but the first story about the bloodstone is a stone that was created by um, a, a Mayan a, a, a woman that was living in a Mayan village as the conquistadors attacked. And she was the only one to survive. So she takes this, the, the, the soil and the blood and creates this magical stone that gives uh, the power to the weak and the innocent to uh, you know, become something you know, extraordinary. Uh, but the problem is that it comes at a price. It's painful, mm. it's not enjoyable. And, and so um, uh, the stone ends up falling into the hands of some people that are uh, you know, crossing the border. Uh, and when they get attacked, it, it reveals itself. And 
you know, we follow um, in this idea. I had this idea about like, wouldn't it be cool if we could have the X-Files at the border or we could have like, uh, you know, people investigating strange, mysterious uh, monsters and creatures um, all, you know, around the, you know, the desert and the different border regions. And like, what if there was a way that we could imagine, um, you know, like what, uh, if we could imagine what justice would look like, you know, and then some way or another, or the yeah. power shifted and, and, uh, and yeah. And so um, the, the, the comic book series, it follows Billy, who's just a regular dad. And uh, he almost dies when he uh, one day encounters this creature. And that kind of sends him spiraling into this world of a secret organization within the government mm-hmm. that investigates uh, monsters and ghosts at the border. That's kind of the basic pitch, but like, uh, and yeah, it's very it's- like you just like you said. I remember when we were talking about um, just the concept, even before you had a lot of the art back. Um, and I told, and before it was funny, we were texting each other, and it was like zoop zoop. As soon as you sent it, I was sending it like this feels like the X Files, and you were saying it back. Um, and yeah. I don't know if you've watched the show, but uh, I'm a big fan of the show Supernatural with Sam and Dean Winchester. Um, and it's interesting because in those stories. Yeah, they're, they're they're monster hunters where it's like vampires werewolves things like that like they're hunting down those characters um and it's it's interesting because there's um in 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 the supernatural universe there's like an inherent evil to like it's there's no such good there's no such thing as a good vampire there's no such good thing as a good werewolf and as the story progresses there's at least one or two or a handful of events where it's like i'm not hurting anybody this is something i inherited it's not something that like, and it, it, it kind yeah. of expands on the store uh, on the story of what that means. And so it was, it's cool because without getting into any spoilers or anything, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, there, there might even be a, a time that uh, the bloodstone is, is it almost seems to act on its own in a sense. Um, and yeah, and it, it's kind of like, okay. So like, for those we you know about indiana jones and the raiders of the last arc is that what you're you, you get into or well i was thinking i was thinking about that and i was thinking about um for those who listen to the show obviously know that I, i'm i'm working ministry and and one of the craziest verses in the bible is uh in genesis chapter four when cain kills abel god talks to cain and says where's your where is your brother and what god tells cain is his blood in the soil cries out to me for justice and that's what i was thinking of when i was when wow. you're telling me about yeah. that is Great. when this when this gym is created it's uh it seems like obviously it's created out of the the hurt and the pain and the anguish of this of this mayan woman but throughout history now we're obviously in more modern times it seems like the soil and the blood and the stone cries out it, seemingly in and of itself even to an extent for justice in the lives of these people yeah, yeah i thought that was really cool thank you thank you that's definitely you know like so we were talking also via text when i was like you know telling you and i was like you know that scene in raiders of the lost ark when the ark is stolen by the nazis and it just burnt and, and it's in a box and you just see the shot of the you know of the box the nazi box holding the ark and it burns the nazi symbol off and this music this really spiritual music by john williams just kicking it up full full board comes in and it's just like this idea that you know, God would never let the Nazis hold something so sacred and special. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. would, it, it would never allow itself to be, you know, think that idea that like somehow the world is going to write, you know, whatever is like the, 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 
God, spiritual thing, whenever, whatever you believe in, it has a way of balancing out, you know, and, and right. that's kind of one of those like ideas that I had for the bloodstone specifically was just like, what if there was this thing that like, you know, um, and, you know, that could, that could do that, um, but it would come at a price, you know, that that's the other thing is that it would cost you something. You know? Right. Right. Get that. Cause what is justice? You know, you can't justice like the Batman. It's not, it's not vengeance, you know, like, right. It, you know, so, so you always give something up, you know? Um, but, but yeah. And so that's one of the kind of one of the things that, that we try to, it, it's a comic book. You know, so like it's a little bit pulpy, kind of gory, but um, but it's you know, I, I just wanted to kind of explore that a little bit more, and then also like the main character is like a dad and just trying to do his job, you know, like normally right. trying to do his job, and uh, he kind of falls into this world that um, you know, uh, that's pretty pretty out there, and uh, yeah, so that's it's, it's very of- it's very interesting because it's uh it's very it's, uh, similar little, to our yeah little, super little, sick, little. <laughs> oh, it's too. like a it's like a blackish red. I love that it's I'm like. Fine like i'm trying to do these things to trigger like your phone app so that like it'll there's like an animation because this was actually like an animation that i did um, oh I nice did, okay that's that's cg um we should probably um but uh but yeah so yeah there's all and also the other thing about like you know there's a lot of mayan lore that like we haven't really talked about that's still like cool explore you know there's like giant bat creatures like the cosmetas that they believed in that are really um you know really great stories yeah you know so uh so you've talked about how in the first issue you have things that are going on current day and then we go back and we're kind of getting the backstory so is it an accurate assumption or assessment that we will get billy's story going forward but we'll also be following the journey of the bloodstone from where its inception took place you you get um so because the stone the idea is that the stone was created about you know hundreds of years ago and it's kind of uh changed hands many times you know mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things in the comic you know that they say is that uh it, it only gives power to the weak and innocent you know like mm. when they need it so it actually becomes useless to the rich and they just forget about it and that's why we don't know about it today because they just oh wow yeah yeah that's that's the whole point of it is that like to the rich it's like powerful, the sword and the stone it's useless kind of thing to anybody that just buys it and holds it it only means something when you're under threat when you're like mm. you know when you when you deserve the power when you know uh, deserve it you know it's a weird w- word to use but something to that extent so that for a long time it gets forgotten in history and you know the rich people toss it aside and somehow it keeps changing hands and getting mm. around you know and, and so there's all this stuff that we'll you know, we'll kind of re- refer to here and there but yeah billy's story is he becomes a central character uh he and in uh we learn about this uh secret organization secret part of the, the government and there's many different agents that work for this government you know and they you know how did they get there to work for, the, for, for this agency you know is also interesting um mm. and so there's another character that's coming in issue two reyes who is this uh, half native woman and she's just about us again and she's like she basically becomes because billy gets yeah i don't want to give so there's so much that yeah yeah, like, yeah there's a lot but, but he has a cane is what I'll say. By the end of the episode, he has a cane. Okay, so yeah. the, the, the issue is it ends up with a cane and messed up, and uh, um, and so she ends up. His partner ends up becoming more of the, uh, you know, the one that does all the, the talking with her fists. Um, <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, I like. I'm trying to put everything that I like about monster movies and vampires, and you know, uh, all of that just all mixing it together. But also talking about stuff that actually is happening. You know, mm. like to me, the modern world is pretty dang scary. I have to be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, 
<laughs> and those and so i was like yeah like why aren't we just calling those you know things that are happening around us like just as scary you know why don't we call those people monsters you know they mm. are pretty monstrous you know uh, so i don't know i don't want that's that's my uh <laughs> it's a good it's a like, good pitch without giving out too much so they don't have to read it yeah 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 well yeah and also you know just uh you know there's more to the world that we don't know about yet you know i love yeah. that feeling like thinking that there's more history that we don't know about yet and you know like i worked on a lot of history channel stuff um you know i worked on the hunting hitler series you know as a as an editor in tv and um you know that's uh, that whole idea of like wow there was there's ruins in the middle of the amazon you know <laughs> like and, yeah that we don't know about you know that are just being found right now there's a crater that they found the other day this is real life you know they found a crater one of the biggest crater craters for an asteroid in greenland recently in the last five years and it's it's a million years old and this is why and I, i'm being dead serious i'm not joking at all people ask me if i believe in if, if bigfoot's real is that what's real and i tell them i really do i really do think that for we didn't know that the lowland gorilla lived in south america to like the 1960s or 70s which in the grand scheme of the whole human history is pretty freaking recent. And so, um, man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of ancient aliens in my day. So is it, is it an extraterrestrial? Is it a sentient species that hides on purpose? I don't know, but to have something like one of the largest craters ever discovered in Greenland in the last yeah, five yeah. years, you know what I mean? It it's, makes, well, it's millions of years old. That's what they, they thought. That's, it was what's like so, that's what's so crazy. It's like, it's been yeah. here for since yeah. before we've all been here. And the ice is receding. You know, so it's like, you know, you know, it's like, like, I'm always like, whenever, whenever you hear about these ancient things that are found with the ice melting, I'm always like, it's the thing, the thing is going to happen. You know, the movie, the thing. I'm right, like, no. right, right. That's uh, the, yeah. it's the, it's the, it's the last acorn that like causes the ice age, huge, you know, thing from the beginning of ice age, all those years ago. <laughs> the frozen uh, aliens, they're going to so talk. It makes me wonder like, man, if we're just now, like, I don't know, a lot of those, you know, you look at how to, how does South America have you know, all these pyramids and, and the, the way that they're built is like, there's oh, three them. of them that make, it's they just so super crazy that, that them, there's, you know? uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that you look back in time and it's like, there's obviously such a, uh, such an intense and, uh, and deep like knowledge and wisdom from past. Um, it's crazy because we, we have technology now and it feels like, yeah, we're smarter than ever, but we have so much stuff that thinks for us that when you look back at the pyramids, whether you're looking in South America or you're looking to Egypt or things like that, um, you look at, um, oh my gosh, uh, what is it? The one in, in Cambodia, that's like this huge temple, like in the middle of the jungle, they never found Angkor Wat was there for like a zillion years that nobody ever found it until recently. Yeah. Um, they have that here in LA that we're going to go see it soon. It's Angkor so Wat. crazy. So, uh, that's why when people are like, so you believe in Bigfoot, I'm like, uh, yeah, we haven't found freaking <laughs> anything, dude. We don't know nothing about this place. So, yeah, and, and I mean, history is constantly changing, like, uh, you know, not constantly, but I mean, um, I guess what I, I guess one way to say it is that there's a lot of history. The, the history we learn is based on whoever won that war, you know, whoever, mm -hmm. whoever, whoever hands us. And there's maybe there's, you know, way more to it that we can learn, you know, yeah. about a lot of these cultures that died off, um, you know, that, that had a fantastic technology, you know, they just. They just didn't make it from the art in the arms race and in the right, you know. Uh, it's it's interesting too because like died the, from, <laughs> they died from their own back, you know, from from the, the Spaniards coughing on them, you know. Yeah, basically. that's that's what's so interesting is like we because of the historical dominance of 
Europe coming over to the Americas, it's not that the Mayan and Incan societies were not as complex. It's like, even if you could win in a war, but you can't beat a disease, like it's just, there's so many things that played into how history panned out. You know what I mean? Like there's incredible societies that are happening in these other places that have just ceased to exist. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. They still, some of them even still, I mean, yeah, with Mayan, I mean, we still have some, uh, you know, relatives of the Mayans and cultures that are still existing. But, uh, right. But really, I mean, learning and diving a lot is really interesting to me. It's super complex and hard to kind of sum up in a podcast here. And, and I hope, you know, I'm sure the historians, if anybody watched this, I'm sure that, you know, if, if I made a mistake, I apologize and would want to learn more. Um, but, but I think that, yeah, there's a, a lot of really, I love history and all that stuff and, and learning about, uh, you know, the, the lore and diving into it and i think all that stuff is great for stories you know as well and and uh, there's a lot of cool monsters in many different cultures not just the mayan culture so yeah you know that's why i I love cryptids all that stuff so yeah oh man don't even get me started on cryptids uh but dude thank you so much for being on again this is ricardo uh, martinez and uh so he's just put out uh part one of the bloodstone so uh yeah if you um um, Once we get off the, the air here, um, email me, uh, you know, email me uh, a link to where we can buy this. So if people are watching this, I can put a link on YouTube and they can, uh, and they can, they can get a copy. And what's cool is yeah. Ricardo's putting out um, part one, but then for like a dollar more, like basically nothing, oh, yeah. you get a special edition, which has all these sketches that have gone back and forth from you to the artist and, and some of oh, it is, you know, you're an artist as well. So you've sketched some things and then you're getting stuff back from these other guys. So um, just some really cool stuff. I've read part one and um, I'm, I'm constantly wondering what's going to happen in part two. And I'm even uh, I'm holding back from wanting to contribute uh, and, and give ideas because the la- I know you guys are already so far into this, but uh, it's just my, my mind just goes a million ways, just like with a Star Wars show, you're watching it and you're like, oh, I wonder if this is going to happen next. So it's super cool. Um, so we'll put that in the, in the description section. So if you're listening, if you're doing just audio for the podcast, hop onto the Chist Ascendancy YouTube and in the description section, we'll have a link for um, Ricardo's uh, short story. That's a video called The Citadel Scavenger. It's a Star Wars based concept. And, uh, and then uh, the Bloodstone part one is for sale. We'll also have that in the description section so you can get your copy today and um and it's digital so we're not going to run out so you can you can buy one you can buy one for your family for christmas uh so uh dude thank you so so much for being on i hope you enjoyed it um the swamigos takeover i thought it was a fun one man i mean i'm sorry i talk so much but i yeah this, <laughs> I, this is like i'm like i'm like cool yeah we're hanging out this is great um yeah no thank you so much for the plug and it's always been great to, to, to talk to you josiah and uh yeah, uh, ricardoamartinez.com or uh, the Bloodstone Saga on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'll put the link too and hope you all like it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you like this, subscribe to the channel, give us a like and all of those things. If you give us a five-star review and you write one on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it next episode on the air. May the force be with you all and we will catch you next time.